And welcome to another edition of the Book of Mormon and I'm Dan Hogan. I'm your host and today's episode is all about coffee. Uh, so you're probably not overly surprised that uh, coming up with a um, we call topic on that, uh, that's one of them deals that a lot of people want to know about uh, and today we are going to cover it. So once again, this episode or this podcast is not intended to make you question your faith uh, or anything of that nature. Um, It's simply um, here to make you or hopefully cause you to evaluate some things that um, you might read in the scripture and that you might uh, see as you go on. Once again, wherever you're at in your faith journey, I am happy for you. If you'd like to know more about me, if this is your first episode, recommend going back to episode one. We do have, uh, I do have a short little bio there. Uh, but once again, um, uh, this episode is going to be about coffee. So for those of you that are not members of the church, that have never been members of the church, you may have heard that Mormons don't drink um, uh, caffeine or that they don't drink coffee or tea. Uh, I've looked through quite a bit of stuff, and apparently there was never a prohibition on coffee or uh caffeine just hot drinks and a lot of people took coffee and tea because they have caffeine to extrapolate that caffeine was prohibited uh just like um coffee and tea were uh so where this comes from is section 89 of the doctrine and covenants and i do have that here in front of me uh doctrine and covenants is part of the lds canon uh these are revelations that were given to joseph smith So I'll start out by reading a little bit of it uh, and just break it down. So it provides a description uh, before you actually start into the revelation. Um, And it gives a little insight into it. It says, Revelation given through Joseph Smith, the prophet, at Kirtland, Ohio, February 27th, 1833, as a consequence of the early brethren using tobacco in their meetings. The prophet was led to ponder upon the matter, Consequently, he inquired of the Lord concerning it. This revelation, known as the word of wisdom, was a result. This is verses 1 through 9. The use of wine, strong drinks, tobacco, and hot drinks is prescribed. 10 through 17, herbs, fruits, flesh, and grain are ordained for the use of man and, and, and of animals. 18 through 21, obedience to gospel law, including the word of wisdom, brings temporal and spiritual blessings. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, obviously, in those last few, it says obedience to the gospel, including the word of wisdom, brings temporal and spiritual blessings. There are certain things in here that if you don't do them, it will bring uh, temporal blessings, temporal obviously being the earthly and not the spiritual. Um, So it better health, uh, more or less. So it's not bad advice by any stretch of the imagination, Um, but it is... um, uh, you know, something that maybe some people take to an extreme one way or the other. Now, in verse 2, it says, To be sent greeting, not by commandment or constraint, but by revelation and the word of wisdom showing forth the order and will of God in the temporal salvation of all saints in the last days. So this has got more to do with earthly salvation than it does with spiritual uh, well-being uh, because it says specifically uh, temporal salvation. And another thing is it also says not by commandment, which means these are recommendations and not a commandment of God. So if you go through 
And you get to verse number nine. It says, and again, hot drinks are not for the body or the belly. Now, with that in mind, hot drinks is a very vague term that they came out with later. And I believe it was Hiram Smith said that means coffee and tea. However, the church today does not prohibit hot cocoa, uh, herbal tea, certain other things that are hot, just specifically coffee and tea. So I'm assuming that means black tea. Um, so it, it is a little contradictory there because they have no problems with you drinking, um, you know, herbal tea or um, hot cocoa because I can remember as a kid, even when my mother was really devout into it, there was still herbal tea in the house, which was okay for some reason, and we had hot cocoa. Those are hot drinks. They are, quote-unquote, not for the belly. So why is the one good and not the other? I don't have a good answer for this, but what I think was intended was not hot coffee or tea because it prior to that, it prohibits alcohol or advises against alcohol. Since it's not a commandment, it cannot prohibit alcohol, um, but hot drinks. For those of you that have been in the church that have never had alcohol, uh, the stronger drinks do have a little bit of a burn going down. Um, So burning is equated with hotness. So this could be what it means, that liquor is not uh, for the belly. That's the way I interpret it. Um, So you can take that how you want it. But I've also got some, number one, so far as I can find, coffee and tea is not specifically mentioned or prohibited in the Bible anywhere. Uh, So that kind of goes against a biblical thing. It's something that's outside of the Bible. That being said, Bible was written by man, and the presentation of the Book of Mormon against the... um, uh, the the Bible is two different things. Um, But here is something specifically from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints website. It's a frequently asked questions page. And the heading is, Can Mormons Drink Coffee? And I'm going to read you the entirety of this. Uh, It's it's only going to take a minute or two. So, Can Mormons Drink Coffee? According to God's guidance in the word of wisdom, Mormons are advised to avoid coffee. Okay, so there we go again. Not prohibited, but advised to avoid coffee. Mormons, more properly referred to as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, believe they are divinely counseled not to drink coffee. So counsel is not a commandment. It's just advice. Counseled not to drink coffee. In 1833, church prophet Joseph Smith received a revelation from God regarding health known as the Word of Wisdom. This revelation advises which foods and drink are good for the body and which substances should be avoided. It lists hot drinks, quote, quote, as one of the harmful substances, saying they are not for the body or the belly. Then it references DNC 89, verse 9. Church leaders have explained hot drinks means both coffee and tea, excluding herbal teas. So, again, we've still got hot tea, hot drinks that are okay uh, and it's on their website, and there will be a link in the show notes to this page. It says in the next paragraph, in recent years, the church has clarified coffee drinks that go by different names as the word coffee isn't always included. The update states drinks with names that include cafe or cafe, mocha, latte, espresso, or anything ending in chino 
our coffee, and are against the word of wisdom. As with all God commandments, Latter-day Saints are free to choose. However, to qualify for temple worship or baptism, they must refrain from drinking coffee as well as live by all other aspects of the word of wisdom. Latter-day Saints believe obedience to this revelation will result in blessings of increased physical and spiritual well-being. Now, again, that being said, I do not disagree with some of the stuff in the word of wisdom as far as it pertains to alcohol and smoking and things of that nature. Have I had drinks in the past? Yes, not in the last year, and that's by choice, not by uh, anything divinatory or spiritual. I just decided to stop drinking. Uh, I'm getting older, and my body does not respond to it quite as well. Um, And I have smoked in the past and still do on occasion. I have a cigar, uh, but I'm not a habitual uh, smoker of anything. Uh, But once again, there will be a link in the show notes to that frequently asked question on the church website. Now, again, it does say that you have to refrain from drinking coffee, and I'm assuming tea, if you want a temple recommend. Now, that is a whole other topic that uh, will probably come up late in a later episode. Uh, but yeah, so it specifically says, however, to qualify for temple worship or baptism, they must refrain from drinking coffee. So, in other words, you have to stop drinking coffee before you can get baptized. It doesn't say anything about after you get baptized, though. That just means you can't go to the temple if you're drinking coffee. Now, there is a movie called God's Army. It was made by um, a church member, um, and it's about a missionary in Los Angeles uh, and or a group of missionaries in Los Angeles, but it's following one. Uh, and one of the guys in the, he's got a recurring role in the movie. He drives them around sometimes and picks them up and takes them places. Uh, they explain that the character is not a member of the church, but he gives them rides, uh, and he hasn't gotten baptized because he hasn't drunk, hasn't stopped drinking coffee, but that he owes them a ride for every cup of coffee they drink. That's the deal they worked out. Uh, so this, they're, he's friendly with it. So basically at that point in time, he's a Jack Mormon. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Jack Mormon is, they are a person that is uh, inactive but still has good feelings towards the church uh, or just a person who has not and never been a Mormon um, that is in good relations with the church. That's an old term. It still gets thrown around occasionally. Uh, but uh, So basically, I'm a Jack Mormon. Uh, my departure from the church uh, was nothing bad, and I'm still technically a member, so... I've, like I said in the previous episode, I've got a lot of good memories with the church. So at this time, I do not see any reason to uh, resign my membership. Uh, there's just some beliefs I have now that I cannot reconcile uh, with churches. Um, and maybe someday they'll come to that, maybe not. So, but um, yeah, where I'm at now, I'm in a good place. And once again, I have no hard feelings towards the church. I just, we're not on the same page anymore. Uh, but one problem I've got with, you have to go to a bishop's interview in order to get a temple recommend. Uh, so once again, on that frequently asked question, it says, however, to qualify for temple worship or baptism, they must refrain from drinking coffee. Uh, and it goes on. Now, in order to get your temple recommend, you have to interview with your bishop. And the bishop is going to ask you a series of questions, some I've, uh, it's been years since I had a bishop's interview, and the questions have changed quite a bit. So I'm not going to speak to what the questions are. But if the questions come up about drinking coffee, and you answer them honestly, you can't. If you're drinking coffee, you're not going to get a temple recommend. Uh, 
But uh, this goes directly uh, in contradiction to the Bible. Uh, in the New Testament, if you go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holiday or the new moon or the Sabbath days. Now, that comes directly from a LDS printing of the New Testament. Now, here's what I'm going to do just to double-check anything and see uh, there's a Joseph Smith translation in the back. Joseph Smith went through, and he made several different translations. So let's just go through and see if he did anything in Colossians that uh, goes with or against that. Um, Because there is, I probably should have looked at this before, but it just came to me, so I beg your patience. Let's see, where's that? And... It doesn't appear that he made any translations in Colossians. It goes from, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing anything. So they let that ride uh, without making any translations. Basically, what he did with the uh, Joseph Smith translation is um, uh, he reread it and translated it the way he felt or the way he was, quote, unquote, told that it should go. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not seeing anything on Colossians uh, that changes that verse in the Joseph Smith translation. Now, the same LDS printing of the New Testament also has, uh, if you've ever looked at a Book of Mormon or at any LDS printing of a um, of a spiritual text, it's got a lot of references at the bottom. They do a lot of cross-referencing. Now, if you go to... Uh, Colossians 16, I'm sorry, Colossians 2.16, and look for the references, the cross-references on that. It's got the word of wisdom and Sabbath, but it's also got Romans 14.3. So I'm not using a King James version of Romans 14.3 for that one. This is, a, I believe, an English, yep, English Standard Version Bible. It's my normal Bible. I just got this one. I'm trying to get all my notes through it. But So, excuse me. The heading it's got on this chapter is do not pass judgment on one another. So chapter 14 of Romans, verse 1, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. All right. So if I'm weak in the LDS faith, basically the Bible says, don't quarrel with me over opinions. Welcome me in, but let's not quarrel. I'm, I'm there to try to build my faith. Let's not quarrel over anything. Verse 2, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Verse 3, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Verse 4, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So, I don't answer to the church. I don't answer to the bishop. I answer only to God. The uh, Basically, the church has gone in contradiction to it. Oh. Sorry about that little glitch. I got a text I had to answer real quick, so I had to pause. But, okay, so basically what it was, go back to what it was saying, is that you should the church shouldn't be judging you based on any of that. Um in my interpretation of what that says right there, you shouldn't be refused a temple recommend based on the fact that you might drink coffee. Um, it sounds to me like 
the duty is on God to judge me and not on the church. Um, so it's, and I've got a few other references here. Uh, let's see, Matthew fifteen eleven. 17 through Matthew 15 verses 11 and then 17 through 20. Let me flip over there real quick. Oh, these pages are still sticking together. still new. So once again, Matthew 15, 11, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. So it's not what you put into your body. It's what comes out of your body. Uh, 17 through 20. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For our heart come evil, from our heart come evil, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So again, it's not what comes into your stomach. It's not what physically goes into your body. It's what comes out in the way of your spirit. And the final reference I've got is 1 Corinthians 8, 8. And let me flip over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 8, 8. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. So again, it does not... What you eat does nothing to do with how God sees you. It is how you and God are related to each other, what your relationship is. So it doesn't matter what you eat. Um, so that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I'm still a coffee drinker, so if I wanted to go back and be an active member of the LDS Church, I could go back and be an active member of the church, and I'm sure I would be welcomed with open arms. Uh, but I cannot based on the rules of the church, uh, be a, uh, get a temple recommend. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I've never been inside the temple. Um, I would like to, uh, but not necessarily to worship just to see what's inside. I'm, um, I'm more than willing to wait and see what hap- uh, what they've got several temples that are, uh, being refurbished now. And, um, I am, happy to wait until that and do the open house. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's the way I see it. It's like, I'm justified in my continuing to drink coffee because it's not what goes into the body. It's what comes out of it. Um, obviously the church is contradicts the Bible on this matter. Um, but the way they, I think the way that they see it is that the Bible was pre Joseph Smith. Therefore what is in the Bible can contradict what he says because his revelation came from God and the Bible was written by men. Um, that's a fair point, but that's also an apologetic point. And one more thing I did, uh, I had in mind earlier and then forgot to put up was like, if you look at the notes, when the pioneers were going from Nauvoo out to Salt Lake city, there was a packing list in the, in the local newspaper and it included five pounds of coffee. Now, the apologetic is that if when they gave the revelation that God didn't intend for it to be immediate, they wanted to give people time to wean themselves off of it. Uh, That being said, I believe DNC 89, when it came out, it was still several years before they went to Salt Lake City that they uh, had that packing list, which included coffee. 
So that seems to contradict itself. But once again, the apologetic is that it um, God gave them a grace period so that they could wean themselves off of it. Uh, And let me just run back through real quick and double check DNC 89. Uh, Let's see. DNC 89 came out in 1833. Joseph Smith was murdered in 1844. And I don't think they started going to Salt Lake until a year or two after that. So you've got a full 11 years, 11 and a half years almost between the time the revelation came and between the time Joseph Smith got killed. So you've got 11 and a half years grace period that God gave them because they still took coffee 11 and a half years plus because they still were carrying coffee out to Utah. So I'm not sure why you would need an 11 year grace period to get off, wean yourself off a coffee. It is difficult. It's the caffeine that it's hard to wean off of. And there are some more physical, um, some interactions between you and the coffee that go a little deeper than simply the, the caffeine, the, the, the feel of the warmth in your hand, the taste as it goes into your mouth, the smell of coffee. There's a lot of things there to unpack. Uh, but yeah, it's, it seems that it contradicts it quite a bit. And there will be a link in the show notes also to that newspaper article that had the, um, the packing list in it that has the five pounds of coffee that's on the national parks website. And they have a link to the, a photo of the, a, a scan of the newspaper that that packing list was put in. So, but this has been another episode of the book of Mormon. And once again, these episodes are not going to be, uh, coming at any regular interval, just as I kind of think of stuff and the coffee thing hit me today and I figured I would go with it. Uh, so once again, this has been another edition of the Book of Mormon. And uh, I am Dan Hogan. If you would like to contact the show, I'm going to have to double check my show notes for the email address. I got to double check it, but uh, it should be Book of Mormon and all spelled out at gmail.com. So once again, Book of Mormon and at gmail.com. But double check the show notes if you'd like to email me with anything or any questions or uh, any viewpoints. Uh, I mean, if you don't like the show, that's fine, too. You can email me and tell me that. But uh, once again, thanks for listening.